Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week, this week we have a male guest. And I know what you're thinking, Noor, men, what the fuck? But he's he's one of the rare men that I don't want to be physically violent towards. He's a musician and co-host of the podcast Dewey Dudes. Welcome to the show, Emilio Casada. Casada. Got it. Got it. Casada. 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 Casada Ibanez. Okay. With that. Uh, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is my first time being a guest i i feel honored honestly and i also was just telling him how much i love being a guest versus hosting the pressure yeah yeah, yeah. i felt pressure before but now uh the pressure's all on you to make this interesting yeah and also uh, funny story that you guys might be interested in i had a very late night last night mm-hmm. and emilio texted me at an appropriate, a very appropriate time to be like, hey, just just making sure we're still doing this today. And I was sleeping. I was 100% asleep. We were supposed to record at noon. I look at my phone at 12.10. I was in bed. I picked up the phone. I called Emilio. I lied. I lied and said, <laughs> hey, Emilio, I'm getting off the train right now. I think yeah. I said I was running some you're errands. Running some, you've been running errands all yeah. morning. No, it's, it was a lie. It was immediately a lie because it was so off-brand and out of character for me to Number one, sleep in that late, and number two, like not be on on top of my schedule. So I panicked. And yeah, I, I uh, like. Um, I was also like, okay, I never actually met you in person. Yeah. But when I hung up, I was like, it sounded like she just woke up, <laughs> and like I, I mean, I just saw, not that there was like any timestamps on your post, but right. I was like, okay, this bitch was this up. post was yeah. like three hours ago. Yeah, I know how it goes. Thursday night, Listen. New York. I was like, okay. If I was her, maybe I'd want to like push the time. I was outside. I was outside last night for for an extensive, extended period of time. But Emilio has been very understanding of, uh, you know, moving to New York and maybe maybe you go out until four a.m. three nights in a row. Yeah, it happens. Um, You're just uh, you're young and I'm so young. I'm so young. (laughs) You are. We're just we're just two infants sitting here recording on the floor of my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so Emilio uh, hosts or co-hosts Dewey mm-hmm. Dudes, which is a incredible podcast about skincare that like I listen to, and then they allegedly yes no I promise you I listen, <laughs> and then you. him and his co-host Evan invited me to come on the show, and I like notoriously never want to go on anyone's podcast, mm-hmm. but I was fucking legitimately so excited when you guys DM me because I was like. This is a podcast that I listen to and have already formulated answers to if I were ever to be a guest on it. Do you ever do that? Yeah. Um, not not with podcasts <laughs> specifically, but I like uh, when I was younger and like it was my dream to play, be a professional soccer player. Yeah. I would always kind of like think how I would answer certain like questions. Yes. Yes. So I don't do that in podcasts yet, but I wouldn't say podcasting is like my dying passion. Right. Right. Maybe one day. Don't, don't, yeah. but, but listen to Dewey Dudes. They, yes, but they, please. <laughs> they are passionate about skincare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really, and, and it was also really interesting because I found out about Dewey Dudes from like just mutual friends, mm-hmm. like being on. And then like, I just, I think I started listening when like Marta was on maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then like, I listened to that episode. I loved it. And I started like going through the older episodes mm-hmm. and like listening or whatever. And it's like, oh, this is like so fucking cool because you really don't hear men speak about skincare yeah i mean i still don't really like have like i talk about it with evan and that's kind of it so like i'm always kind of like shocked when anyone listens to it i mean do you are 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 you do you feel that way about like your own show Oh yeah the imposter syndrome right yeah yeah. or like 
even like when I do talk about it with people in real life, like as I'm talking, I'm like, are, do they even care? Like I'm going into deep detail about oh, yeah. skincare. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm not even sure. Like, maybe it was like a superficial, like, or surface level question. Right. And then they wanted like a quick answer to not like a, well, like, let's go into this like 10 minute thing about, I don't know, retinol or whatever. I just also, I will say when people ask me like, or or even if they say like, your skin looks good, I will just start fucking voluntarily saying like, well, I use this exfoliant and this is the tret that I use and like... But I also am an asshole, so I don't care if they're interested or not. I'm like, now yeah. I'm just going to tell you, and this is your fault. You asked, and so you need to listen to this. Yeah, like, I'm kind of like naturally like that with most things. If somebody gives me like compliments, like my pants or something, yes, I'm like, thanks, and I'll wait like a second, and then I'm like, they're from here. Yeah, I got uh, them on sale three years ago. Oh. If you should look at these sales, like, and just like go on this like ten minute thing where like I get to it, and I'm like, okay. Too much. Too no, much. more people need to do that. That's how I respond yeah. to compliments. So it's obviously the right way to do it. <laughs> right. But it's also like, if I'm complimenting you on your pants, mm-hmm. I'm obviously interested in your pants. So why would I not want to know about the amazing yeah. sale that you got? And if I do want to buy these pants, I'm going to wait for them now to go on know. sale. Yeah. Because now I know that they have sales or like, I don't know. Or like when someone really likes something like, and it's vintage, I'll, I want to tell them that it's vintage. Cause I'm like, I don't want you to spend the rest yeah. of your life looking for these shoes. Yeah. Because you won't find them. Exactly. <laughs> and so I don't want to set you up for failure. Yeah, from here, but sorry. Not going to find them. Like, even last night, I met this uh, one of a friend of a friend, and she had really beautiful skin. And I was like, mm-hmm. your skin is gorgeous. And she was like, thank you. And then she proceeded to tell me her skincare routine, which I obviously was very hyped about. Yeah. Because I was like, yes, tell me. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you just... I'm just like now going into this and I was like no I actually fucking love this like please continue to tell me and it was funny because she was saying that she buys retinol from Mexico oh really yeah because she's she's half Mexican so she was like yeah I just go to Mexico and I buy like a bunch of retinol and I was like I know someone who also does that that's the way to do it and his name is Emilio and he's he's the rep plug (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. I just brought some uh, retinol back from France okay have you tried it yet Last night, so I can't really, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. say too much about it. But yeah. I will say, it was cheaper than, but I guess I bought, like, Tret in Mexico. Okay. And that was, like, 20 bucks for, like, a bottle. Yeah. Um, which I guess it would, Tret's more expensive, but the retinol I got in France was really cheap. I got, like, five bottles for, like, 25 bucks. Dude, that's incredibly cheap. I wonder yeah. if it's, what is it, encapsulated retinol, or if it's... Because I know that there's there's levels to this shit. This is where I show how little I know. I don't know what that means. This but, is where uh, I wish I could snap my fingers and have Charlotte. I know. Up. Yeah, it's a three one three. Okay. Which is like yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah yeah yeah. Like, but we had somebody like I posted it on our page, and some guy that um, kind of slides in all the time, and it's like a like a well actually like blah 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 blah. Okay. And so, he was like, oh, it's actually just like an ordinary retinol. There's nothing special to it. Blah 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 blah. And well, you know I was what? like, I bought it more for like the the vibe. Yeah, I'm like also like, why are you why are you trying to ruin this for me? Yeah, but uh, so I don't really know. Um, it's but it's like a miracle miracle product supposedly, but we'll see. I gifted I mean, some to some. I sent one to a friend in Canada, and because I've been meaning to send her uh, skincare for like a year now, but she knows like we get sent yeah, stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I got you. And You're a good like, friend. Get stuff. Yeah. Um, and she sends me like handwritten letters all the time. Ugh. She visits and she will bring like a book. And I haven't sent her anything for like a year, but I finally got around to it. I sent her some skincare Amazing. and like, a little like notebook. And um, hopefully she gets it before she listens to this. If she listens to it, 
What, 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 do we want to do a shout out? Christina Patterson, my good friend. <laughs> Full names and, only. Uh, Full names oh, only. She'll, no, she'll, she'll love it. Uh, good friend in Montreal. Okay. Yeah. Bonjour. Yes, exactly. Bonjour. I don't know. Even though apparently the French they speak in Montreal is like not. Yeah. It's not the same. It's Yeah, it's not. I don't really know what the difference is, to be honest, because um, I'm not like my French isn't that good. But I did say some like uh, French things and. Uh, <laughs> I said some French things. I said a French thing here or there, but. No, yeah, I said some stuff that, like, would be normal in Montreal and Paris, and I definitely got, like, weird looks. Um, Wait, have you lived in Montreal? No, I just, like, I, I visited okay. said friend okay, okay, um, yeah, that yeah, I yeah. named. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No full names here. Yeah, yeah. she was, like, uh, she told me, like, a few things, uh, so I used those while I was in France, and no, uh, weird looks, weird looks for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's the, like... They kind of definitely look down on like oh. French spoken in Montreal. Yes, absolutely, because it's like not the real. Yeah, exactly. It's not the real French. Yeah. And then also, I know in Montreal though, like if you don't speak French, like they're just like, don't talk to me, like fuck off. Yeah, but I guess they're kind of that way in France too. Well, no, it's like at at, at the very start, like they'll like they're not going to immediately like start speaking English, right? But if like. Um, I would, like, try to get as far as I could, and then it was normally, like, when I would say something that was completely wrong yeah. is when they would start speaking English, because at that point, they're like, okay, this is making it, like, longer for me, harder for me. Right, like, I just don't want to deal with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I don't know, cool. I have I loved, like, being forced to uh, not speak English. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, a nice, like, little challenge for yeah. yourself. Yeah. My, like, uh, right now I'm on my, like, the beat I'm on is, like, my dream is to forget the English language. Oh, yeah, decolonize your mind. And yeah. that's, like, the fucking pinnacle of decolonization is, like, just completely remove the English language. Yeah. We start, we start doing the rest of the episode in, like, different languages. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know a little bit of Spanish? I, I do. Un poquito. Un poquito. I mean, enough to, I can order food. Right. I can ask people, like, about their day. Mm. My accent. Because here's the thing. I can do two accents. I can mm-hmm. do white girl vocal fry. Yeah. Or I can do Arab. Right. There's no in between. Yeah. So it's like, I also feel like a dick because like when I speak Spanish, I want to speak in like more like an Arab way because mm-hmm. I feel like it makes more sense. Yeah. But like, it also sounds like I'm trying to be like pretentious and like, oh, I know how to pronounce this, but I'm definitely not pronouncing the things correctly because, again, I'm speaking Spanish with an Arab accent. Yeah. So, like, it's not this, exactly the same. Obviously, they're two different languages. But, like, so what ends up happening is I speak Spanish, like, in a white girl vocal fry voice. What's what's the, like, wait, is there, like, a specific word you can, like, point out that you'd say, like, in, in more of an Arab way? Uh, like, gracias, right? Okay, Okay, let's, yeah. let's, we'll use gracias. Yeah. Easy. I would just say gracias because... Okay. I that's just, like a white girl. That's right? my white girl voice. Yeah. But like if I were to say it like in in, in air, it would be like gracias. Okay. I mean that's probably better. Is it? Yeah, because at that point, like somebody could honestly be like, okay, you may be from like some part of like northern Spain. I'm from northern Spain, guys. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. Also, like if you don't look like, because um, people are always so like hesitant of like saying things wrong, right? When they're in like oh. When they that's that's Fifi. If you guys can hear that, that is Fifi banging on the door. Um, if if like yeah, they're hesitant to say things wrong. But I'm like, if you don't look Mexican, like or like any like right. rather Spanish, like from anywhere from like Latin America, yeah. Um, no one's gonna be like, what the fuck? Like, why are you trying to speak Spanish? That's like, true. So um, I sometimes like I have some like 
my accent's kind of bad with some words in Spanish. Yeah. Because I've been in, like, the U.S. for most of my life. Yeah. And I feel weird about it because, like, I feel like I'm, if I'm in Mexico, like, people think I'm Mexican. So yeah. then, then if I say something kind of funny, they're like, wait, wait, wait. Like, where are you from? Why are you speaking this or, way? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Someone like you, you should just say it, like, that way. All right. I'm going to just start channeling the, the inner Palestinian within me every time yeah. I speak to someone in Spanish and just really go for it. Because yeah. I do feel like the, the rolling R's are the same. Like, yeah. the way we roll our R's is, like, similar. Which like, is the hardest part. I mean... The only people who ever pronounce my name correctly, other than Arabs, are usually people from that general region. Mm-hmm. They they know how to pronounce my name yeah. versus like anyone else. Yeah. Um. But so wait, where were you born? I was born in Mexico City. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I want to go to Mexico City so bad. You you've never been. I've never been. And you would love it. I I mean, anyone would love it. It's amazing. <sighs> it looks so cool. It is. Also, it's like uh, <laughs> I feel so weird anytime I say this, but especially being in in Paris. It's such a beautiful city, even yeah. like compared to like these like big European yeah. cities. Yeah, yeah, And it's so clean and the people are so warm. Yeah. And it's so incredibly cheap. Like, I think like everybody needs to go. But yeah, I was born in Mexico City. Yeah. Um, in the southeast of Mexico City. So it's actually kind of far um, from like the center where people usually hang yeah. out. Like driving, depending on traffic, it could be like an hour and a half or two hours. Okay, so it's like pretty far out. Yeah, it's still Mexico City, but it's like in this like um, borough. There are like 16 boroughs that make up Mexico City because it's pretty oh, cool. large. And it's called Tlahuac. Okay. Um, which I'm not going to make anyone say. Um, and it's like in this, yeah, and it's in this, uh, the city is called San Juanín Tlayopan, and my mom grew up there. Oh, cool. So she grew up like going to uh, school in Mexico City and work in Mexico City. That was like two hours every day. So it was like a two-hour commute wow, there. Two that's hour commute some dedication. Back. I know. And it's like, it's very normal for everybody that like lives outside of the city. Like that's just normal to like yeah. go into the city. So it's, um yeah, I, I, I grew up, or I was there for like um, a year, two, three years. And then um, my parents moved to the U.S. Okay. So you moved here like toddler. Toddler. So like, yeah. Baby Emilio. Yeah. Baby. My sister was a year older. So I feel like at times, like, her Spanish is, like, well, she's not going to listen to this, so I can say this. Her Spanish is bad now because she doesn't practice it ever. Yeah. Um, uh, but at the beginning, like, it was a little better, I think, just because, like, she was, like, around it more often right. as a child. But also, like, my parents speak very limited English, like, just enough to, like, get yeah. by. So, so we grew up speaking Spanish. I love that. And thankful for that, or else, like, I probably might not know Spanish. Like, no. I have so many Mexican-American friends that, like, um, they'd be like, oh yeah, like I'm Mexican. And I'd yeah. be like, oh awesome. Like, do you speak Spanish? Not that like, at times I also feel like an elitist when I'm like, oh, do you speak Spanish? Yeah. And they're like, no, I don't. I don't Isn't know it this. weird though? Like, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, it's weird. You like, feel like almost like a dick for being like, oh, yeah. do you speak this? And they're like, no. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Or, like, well, I'm fluent. <laughs> yeah. Or like, they don't know anything really about like the actual like culture yeah. or like, um, yeah, honestly, sometimes now, too, like, I'll see, like, a little, like, a parent speak Spanish to their, like, little kid, and the kid's, like, speaking back in English, and for whatever reason, it seems, like, so weird yeah. to me yeah. now, um, but, yeah, then I don't know if I'm being an asshole about it. Well, here's what I will say. I, my parents always spoke to me in Arabic, but I didn't start responding back to them in Arabic until I was, like, nine, because I didn't feel confident enough to speak Arabic, because yeah. I feel like... When I did speak Arabic, because English was still my first language, mm-hmm. I sounded stupid. Mm-hmm. And, like, I knew I sounded stupid. Like, yeah. I knew it. Like, even at that young age, I'm like, I know I, yeah. I know I sound like a dumb bitch right now. Like, <laughs> I know it. Like, I know that I'm saying, mm-hmm. adding an ing to words that are in Arabic, that makes no sense. Yeah. Like, you know, so I 
I didn't feel confident responding in Arabic until I was like nine-ish years old. So I used to, they would speak to me in Arabic and I would fully just respond in English. And like, but I'm really glad that like I, they spoke to me in Arabic and that I eventually got confident enough to Mm -hmm. like speak back because I can have full extensive conversations in Arabic. I can like read it, I can write it. And I just don't know that I would be able to do that if it weren't for my parents only speaking to me in Arabic. Right. I know. I'm so thankful for that too. Did you speak Arabic like, um, in high school then? So the, so I, I lived in the Emirates when I was in high school, Uh, but I went to international school. So they were all in English. English, Like we had Arabic class. Like that was like the language, Mm -hmm. but we also had French, which I, retained none of it uh, uh, that's that's how it is everywhere though like the yeah. um in mexico too like you um if you, you can go to like an english school yeah um and you have and yeah you're it's like an english but you obviously you're taking spanish classes and like french classes yeah so like, yeah i think the u.s is the only place that's like no you're not learning like another language i mean in florida i will say everyone takes spanish it feels like yeah i because of the yeah yeah i feel like all of my nieces speak spanish like really well like honestly one of my nieces speaks better spanish than she does arabic oh wow like she can fully speak in spanish but yeah. like can only say like a few words in arabic um but i mean that's the thing though what the fuck is that um is it the building next door that i have no idea like- hold on i don't even know Guys, listen, I don't know what the fuck that is. Just the sounds of New York. But I, I'm i really interested, though, in people who, like, don't speak the language of, like, you know, their native language, but yeah. they're still super, like, tied to the culture. Like, that's one thing. Like, I have a lot of friends who are Arab but don't yeah. speak Arabic, but they know more about the culture than I do, I which mean, is really interesting. Yeah, I guess it's, like... Uh... You could either like connect with it through either ways, yeah. like the history of it or like the language or yeah. both, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Because um, then there are people that like don't like. It's just like a like a what's the word? Like a tag? Like a oh yeah, like I'm Mexican American, but right. it's, it's I don't know. It doesn't really mean anything to them. No, no, no. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like I I did this like Instagram takeover the other day, and like they they didn't ask me like hey what do you, what is your nationality? What do you Mm -hmm. identify as whatever? And so they had like listed me as like an Arab American, which I know is the name of my podcast, (laughs) but that's not how I identify. Like Arab is so general. I'm like, no, I, so like emailed them and I was like, Hey, like I'm Palestinian. So like I'm a Palestinian American or just Palestinian, but like I I would never tell someone, Oh, I'm Arab. Yeah. Like those words have never come out of my mouth. (laughs) Like someone says, Hey, where are you from? I'm never like, Oh, I'm Arab. I say I'm Palestinian. Yeah. And so it was just kind of like weird. I don't know. And it's like, it, I, I think that it could be because a lot of people do just introduce themselves as Middle Eastern or Arab yeah. or whatever, because they're like, oh, this person won't know and won't be interested or it might make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but have you always like identified like as being a Mexican American? Um, I've never identified as like being American. Amazing. And like, it was like, so growing up, it was kind of like a weird point of contention between my mom and I, because like she wanted us to be like, uh, or there was like a lot of like things about American culture that she wanted us to like, not um, like it's American ways. Like she didn't want us like growing up with. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was also like, okay, we're not fully Mexican. Cause right. we're not like growing up in Mexico. Right. But, um, we 
didn't really observe any like sort of American holidays other than like Thanksgiving, but it's right. like my mom would go to like a grocery store and buy like pre-bought like turkey yeah. and things and like, yeah, we'd eat with like our family, our family being like my sister and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so there was never like, there was nothing American about my household. Yeah. So like I never truly really identified with that. Although like I spent my whole like youth trying to like be American to like yeah. fit in and like not be bullied, et cetera. But um, yeah, I, 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 and I've been thinking about this a lot lately because yeah. I'm like, all right, I can't like shit talk America like all the time because I live here and like there are a lot of like I disagree comfortabilities. <laughs> well, like it's I no, I'm I'm on this like okay, if I am talking about it so poorly right. all the time, I need to just like move yeah, to Mexico. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because I do feel kind of like weird about it, but um, yeah. So I've always identified as like Mexican. And there was a time in my life where I was, like, really ashamed of yeah. it, although I still, like, identified like that. Like, I, I've been trying really hard to think about, like, like my thought process when I was in high school and whatnot. But, um, I yeah, I never once was, like, I'm, uh, yeah, like, I'm American. Or, like, I think when I was in high school, I would try to tell people, oh, no, no, like, I'm, like, part Italian or I'm part, like, Spanish. Yeah, Because, yeah. like, oh, that was, like, a little less. European. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it seems more, like... Cool. Yeah, then they're like, yeah. oh, like, uh, that's a little more interesting or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I've never, so I've always identified as, like, uh, being Mexican. Also because, like, uh, growing up, my dad, my mom, and my sister and I lived in the U.S. Yeah. And then I have an aunt that lives in Atlanta. And that was it. The rest of our family lives in yeah. Mexico City. My dad moved back, like, three years ago. My mom moved back in February. So at this point, it's just, like, my sister and I and then my aunt in Atlanta yeah so like I truly have like almost no family here wow so I think I would have felt like a little different if like oh like all my family was in the U.S. right but I just don't I there's no like I don't really have any like roots here for sure anymore which is like why even more so now I identify as like yeah as Mexican yeah I mean to be honest with you I do think like that is just why community is so crucial and mm-hmm. like I mean, I have, like, like my mom has four or five brothers that live in America, mm-hmm. but we've never lived in the same state. Mm-hmm. And then I also lived, like, such a large portion of my life, like, out of America where we also had no family. But, like, as far as living in America, which I, I guess I've lived in America for most of my life, mm-hmm. I just it was kind of weird that I didn't have, like, lots of cousins. And, like, I have a fuck ton of cousins. Mm-hmm. I just never saw them really like I have so many cousins that I've never met but I think for me like the thing that kind of like helped me with that was like being Muslim and then like finding Muslim community yeah and then that kind of being my community versus like you know family but like that's a thing like you know you go to college there's a Muslim student association and like that's like a super normal thing like every Muslim kid is probably gonna go to at least a few events meet a few people but being a Mexican living here, was there like anything in college where there was like a group or like anything like that, that like you felt like, okay, these, this can be like my community. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was a group, but like, I think like you definitely had to like, <laughs> Fifi, just, just Fifi, we'll fuck off, mate. Um, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think there is a, sorry, I couldn't tell if she was like, she, he, he, they, he was crying, they. but, uh, uh, there wasn't a group but like there's this thing where like as soon as i hear somebody speaking spanish like it obviously catches my yeah 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 yeah, yeah. who is that 
and then that was kind of like my way of like making friends yeah um i have a lot of mexican friends in new york now which has been so great and a lot of them like i meet them at a party yeah we're speaking and i'm like listening to their accent and i'm like i'm I'm pretty sure this person's like mexican yeah what's your name and as soon as they like say i'm like oh my name's Amelia. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you get along like that way um and that's sort of like yeah i guess that's the way like we built community maybe there's like well, I'm sure there is. There I, are, I, also, there, yeah, I yeah. also feel like depending where you are in the U.S., there's a different... Like in New York, there's a lot of Mexicans from the north of Mexico. Okay. And they tend to be like um, a little... They're like taller. They're like more confident. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As my mom would say, the be- the better part of Mexico. <laughs> but... um, uh, And I feel like in the Midwest, they're like a little more like... They're from like the south yeah. Mexico or like central Mexico. And they're like a little bit more reserved or like they're yeah. kind of like blending the back so like maybe like they just kind of like go by like a notice so you right. really have to like seek out um seek out more and also i grew up in the midwest so like it yeah was, like i was around white people my whole life it w- it truly was not until i got to college where i was like oh wait like not everyone in the u.s is white which is like sure. a really insane thing yeah to say and like realize and then like build a vocabulary around like speaking on that because before i was just like so I look now. I look back now on like my life until I was like eighteen or nineteen, and I was like I was so confused. Yeah, the entire time about yeah. like my life and who I was and like the people around me and like why the fuck everything was was like the way it was. It's it's really. I don't know how it would be possible to just be super comfortable in like your identity in that way when you are only surrounded by white people. Yeah, and I think. Now it feels like white people are trying a little bit more to care to learn Mm -hmm. in a genuine, sincere way versus like before where they would just be like, you know, oh, is that a part of your culture? Like, yeah, Yeah. like, cool. And I I, I think a lot of it also had to do with like this fear of saying the wrong thing. I just had Mm -hmm. this conversation with a couple of friends of mine the other day because I've noticed that white people recently, like I want to say in the last year have been asking just more questions about my culture and feel more comfortable making like statements about it mm-hmm. in a way that I never really noticed before. And I think it was around the time of like, honestly, the resurgence of BLM yeah. that people realized that like a way to be anti-racist and to be more like fucking inclusive and all of these fucking words that we've heard everywhere is to like, like ask questions. is to ask questions and like care and like actually yeah. have a dialogue and like communicate with people and like, that is where the real change lies. And like, you know, I've had friends who have never talked about Palestine tell me like straight up, like fuck Israel. Like I'm pro Palestine. Like I've always been pro Palestine. I just like kind of never knew that I could say that. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. they, they, they were like, you know, we knew that this is, we thought this was wrong and we thought this was right. But like, we just didn't know that it was like, okay. Yeah. Like they were almost waiting for someone to like give them like the green light. Like, you are allowed to have this opinion and, and speak about it. Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, you have yeah, you have to like speak with the source. Yeah, it's like you're not gonna like learn all this stuff on your own. Like if I met some white person that like knew everything about like the issues in Mexico, political, right. like and social, right, and like the history and like honestly, I'd, I'd be like a little weirded out about it. I'd be like, all right, this Sus. seems like a little yeah. like I don't know, but um, are you yeah. undercover? Yeah, but uh. Yeah, you just have to, like, ask questions that I guess aren't, like... But 
when people are like younger, especially like in the Midwest, um, I think they're just regurgitating things that like they've learned from or heard from their parents. Right. So it's like, as long as like when you get older, you're asking like your own questions. Right. And it's, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for that. Obviously I'm never going to be like, wow, crazy that you don't know this thing about like Mexican no. culture. And that's the thing. It's, I think people always are worried to or most of the time they're worried to say something because they think that we're going to assume like if you don't know you're fucking stupid but it's yeah. like I don't know anything about your fucking weird shit that you do yeah. I didn't know what tailgating was until I went to a tailgate <laughs> I, that to me is it's white culture um, but like uh, you know you don't know what a tailgate is until you go to a tailgate yeah. you can describe a tailgate but like it's it's much different to like learn about it experience about hear it hear it firsthand from you know <laughs> the person who is a part of that culture yeah tailgate culture tailgate. but no I mean <laughs> It's just, I think, especially when you're just surrounded by white people, it it really is challenging to feel connected to your culture because you feel this, like, shame of feeling different and you yeah. just so badly want to, like, assimilate and, like, not be the different kid. Like, you don't want to be the, the one who's, like, not like everyone else because yeah. it feels it feels negative. It feels, like, you know, different, not in, like, a fun way, like, different, like, pejoratively. Like, it just, it doesn't... It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm special. Yeah. It feels like you're, like, the odd one out. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I didn't, um, yeah, I used, like, when I was really young, I was, like, so proud of, like, uh, certain things of Mexican culture. Like, I wore a sombrero on my yeah. birthday. And, like, I made, like, tacos de chorizo at show and tell. Like, oh, when yeah. I was, like, really, really young and a bunch of other things. And then, like, as soon as, like, I, like, had that first moment of, like, somebody saying, like, something racist and becoming, like, like all of a sudden very self-conscious of like who I was and like how I was viewed like it all changed so then like all of a sudden the things you used to be really proud of are like the things that make you yeah like stand out and like ugly or just like different so it's very confusing thing and then I think like since like you said I'm only surrounded by white people I'm not really seeing people like me the only time I saw people like me was like on TV, I, like, was obsessed with soccer, and I was always watching, like, games in the Mexican League, watching the Mexico national team play, and, like, that was, like, the only time where I felt, like, some sort of, like, pride for being Mexican, and then, like, my um, parents split when I was, like, younger, so it was just, like, my mom being a single mother, having to deal with so much, and, like, uh, me having to, like, kind of, like, navigate, like, who to look towards um, as, like, a... Not to say that, like, she was, like, a great role model, but yeah. it's, like, you need more than, like, right. one person yes. to, like, show that, okay, there are many other people like you. Yes. And it's not just, like, you're not insane for, like, being different. No. And it's, and that's the thing. It's, like, I, I'm regularly meeting people specifically in New York who are, like, I don't know any Palestinian people. Or you're the first Palestinian person I've met. Or, like... You know, I didn't know that there were Palestinian restaurants in Brooklyn. Like, because if you're not, if you don't have that community or if you're not a part of it, how how are you supposed to know? It's not like we just innately were like, oh, I'm Mexican, I'm Palestinian. I, I yeah. am a magnet and I am drawn to, to yeah. my people. But, like, I think, and I mean, I've spoken about this so many times on the podcast, just the feeling of feeling seen and represented is immeasurable Mm -hmm. it makes such a huge difference in how you view yourself and not that like you know in order to view yourself in a positive light you need to like base it off of like others around you but it 
you can't discount that or say that it's not vital, especially when you're young, especially yeah. when you're like in high school and shit like that, where everyone is just trying to fit in. Everyone yeah. wants to be cool. Everyone wants to find their group. They want to find their place. It's like, that is the high school experience is like navigating that yeah. and like, you know, add a little bit of Mexican to it or add a hijab on it or something. And like, that's just going to make it more challenging yeah. because I mean, even, even as an adult, like you experience mm -hmm. it, but now hopefully we have the tools. So like, it's easier, but yeah, no, like there's a lot of times where like, I'll be at an event or a party and I'm kind of the only person who's not white mm -hmm. and I feel fine, but I yeah. know that people almost feel like, I think their intentions are, are good in them being like, Hey, are you good? But it's like, <laughs> yeah, is it, are you, are you so focused on the fact that I'm so different that you assume that I must be uncomfortable because yeah. I don't fucking care. This is my reality 90% of the time. Yeah. So like, I don't feel any type of way. Like I'm comfortable in my, in my identity and who I am right now where like you can put me in any space mm. and I'm cool. I'm chilling, but it's almost like they're exposing themselves and yeah. that like they think that I should be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's also like, very telling of like the society in which we live in where like they probably knew someone in high school who was like kind of doing their own thing and wasn't like a part of like the whatever fucking cool kids group or whatever because they look different and so sh they want to make you feel included which is nice but mm -hmm. it's also like why are you assuming that i'm uncomfortable yeah it's in like now at the age i'm at like i'm i'm like you said i'm so comfortable and like yeah. who i am that like i'm never well there are some parts of the u.s where like i'm I will still get like a little uncomfortable, As but, we should. uh, but yeah, like especially when you're growing up, like I was simply not mature enough to be like, uh, hearing these like insults or whatever, or like seeing the way people viewed me to be like, Oh, like they're all like wrong. Like I'm confident in like who I am. It took me, it took me a while to get there. What do you feel like really helped you get to that point like can you pinpoint like any certain experiences or or changes that you decided to make that helped you kind of feel more comfortable in your identity it was like a really gradual like honestly simply just like being i went to college in chicago so simply just i mean it's still like a very white city but yeah. even then like you're seeing like i the part of kansas i grew up in it like i think there's like uh 230 something people in my graduating class yeah and there were, uh, doing math, quick math. Like <laughs> I'm nine, like, two, I can't, three. I can't help. I can't, um, I'm like, I'm so There's bad. like five, there's like five people of color. Um, Whoa. Like I remember one time they did this, like, um, they were putting out like an ad and I got called into the office to be part of like the shoot for like this, this like, uh, promotion they were doing. Yeah. And I was like, dope. Is this cause I'm good looking or yeah. like what? Yeah. And then I get there and it's like all the people of color and they're doing like a uh, diversity ad and like they're promoting diversity at the high school. And I'm like, there are literally like 10 people of color in this they're like 600 person you. school. You were tokenized. I still have, and I still have those like, and I didn't even realize it till the end because I saw those photos and I'm like smiling so big. Uh, I'm like, it was game day. I was wearing my tie. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. But, um, so, uh, going, going to Chicago and then honestly, just like, there are so many things that like, cause my mom really did like a good job of like, um, obviously making us speak Spanish, like telling us about like Mexican culture and like the things we should be proud of. And I just like, didn't listen to any of it. And then when I moved away, like all that stuff was kind of like playing in my head yeah, and I started yeah. to miss 
the food my mom yeah. cooked, and I started to miss like the shows my mom watched, and I started to miss everything about like growing up. Yeah. And I think like that gradually shifted towards me being like, oh wait, like I love those things, and yeah. those things make me feel comfortable, and yeah. like now I want those things to be part of my everyday life yes. instead of trying to like push them away. So it, I don't think I really had like a huge uh, like there was like one moment I could yeah. like, pinpoint, but it was like a lot of like little like moments happening and then yeah I just like realizing like oh man like it's just it's cool to be different um, it, like, or not cool I just like I would I would uh yeah I wouldn't trade it for anything and that's I think a really great feeling just that, that realization that kind of time where yeah I can't pinpoint it exactly mm-hmm. but like I do remember that shift I guess where like I was like no wait like I love being Palestinian. Yeah. I love my culture. I love my people. I love our hospitality. I love my language. Like I love all of these things so much. And just because it's not the norm in the society that I live in, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with, you know, I mean, that's not true. There were, there are a lot of things wrong with society, especially specifically in Florida. Um, but you know, but that's also not to say that like, you know, my white friends will tell me things and I'm like, well, your culture fucking sucks. Like, no, my culture is cool. It's fun. Whatever. It's like, that's their thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people could debate and say that there is no culture, but you know, whatever, who could say, who could say for sure. I I won't, I won't be the one to, you know, make that decision. But I think there is something to be said about every culture. And I think that just learning to embrace that and then like have, I think that is how people will also learn about it. Not it's not like it's our responsibility, Mm -hmm. but also like, you know, even I'm sure Evan probably knows a lot about Mexican culture now yeah. in a way that he probably might have never known just because you guys were friends yeah. and like, it's nice. It's nice to be able to like learn. And even, you know, my good friend is half Puerto Rican, half mm-hmm. Palestinian. And like, I've learned a lot of cool things about Puerto Rico that I never knew yeah. before just because we spend so much time together. And like, you know, I grew up with, like, a lot of West Indian friends, and, like, I love West Indian culture. I love Guyanese people. I love Trin- people from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're actually some of the fucking coolest people, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And, like, even in New York, there's so many people from there, and they're always shocked when I know fucking anything about it because no yeah. one fucking cares. Like, truly no one fucking cares. Like, they'll be like, oh, I'm from Guyana, and people are just like, I don't know where the fuck yeah. that is. Like, literally, I've heard people say, like, I don't know where the fuck that is. Yeah, so it's, it's nice that, like, yeah, Evan, for example – he does know a lot about like Mexican culture and I think like inherently he's just like, uh, he's curious, yeah. which is like so much more than like other people that just like right. dismiss like where anybody's from like their whole lives. So it's like, he's, yeah, he's curious and he's aware that like, cause I, this was also a very Midwestern thing. It's like America's like the center of the world and like they view things in a very American way, just like very like not open-minded yeah. or like, literally the rest of the world doesn't exist and it's nice yeah having like a friend like evan that um yeah it's just like curious and like knows that like not everywhere is the same nope is america not even like close to being similar to america and also like i really like strongly reject the idea that like america is the most progressive and all these other countries are so backwards i'm like yeah you don't just I can just go around saying I speak Chinese. Does that mean I speak Chinese? Like, no, I don't speak Chinese. So like just saying something doesn't make it real. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I think that there's a lot more progress happening in 
countries around the world that America is so fucking behind on. And that's kind of also really annoying because I don't know if you experience this, but like people kind of just say like, oh, like I'm sure like you wouldn't be able to do this, like wherever. I'm like, well, first of all, no, I can't go there because, you know, we're living under illegal occupation. So, (laughs) you know, as an American citizen, I can't even go into Gaza where my parents are, you know, they're refugees and that's where they live, but that's Mm -hmm. where they live most of their lives. But like, I can't go there because I'm an American citizen and it would be considered a casualty. So even just entering would be a fucking challenge because America doesn't want an American casualty. And, and also like, why are you assuming that, that I wouldn't be able to do, you know, dress the way I dress or talk the way I talk. Like you're just straight up being racist. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're just being super ignorant right now. And like, stereotyping yeah. based off of maybe something you saw on fucking you know cnn yeah and it's like may- like maybe maybe this would have been like true ages ago like the right. decades ago but like yeah I, I feel like um people are so behind on their like like america is like they've been like standing still i yeah. think not like totally but for the most part for the last like 20 or 30 years so it's become like very like not progressive like for example yeah in mexico like abortion is now illegal yeah like it there's some places here where like it's like very hard to get an abortion i mean texas texas yeah so i yeah i don't know um it's it's also like the the american dream is like such a curious topic now too because it's like not does it even exist it's just no it's like a fucking marketing thing yeah (laughs) no like literally that's that's what it was because there was a time that i think America did want, yeah, did want immigrants. They, 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 they wanted people from different countries to come do the jobs that they didn't want to fucking do. Yeah, exactly. And I think that after a while, it kind of backfired because they again assumed like you guys are all fucking stupid, uneducated pieces mm-hmm. of shit, and like you know you can come fucking do the shit that I don't want to do. But then like you have immigrants coming in and they're like, well, I'm a fucking doctor, and like yeah. you know, or I'm a fucking engineer, or like I do all these really cool things that you don't know how to do and like they're like wait i want you to come do things that i don't want to do not the things that i want to do like and then that's when the narrative kind of shifted but like you know even when my parents moved here which i guess was like you know over 30 years ago it was just much different like people were so welcoming to them versus Mm -hmm. now i feel like depending on where you are like they do not want you there and they are not shy about it at yeah. all. And I'm like, well, first of all, I was unfortunately born here. So I'm, I didn't immigrate here, um, yeah. but I am the child of immigrants. But no, I, I, I was born here. Sorry to break it to you, Michelle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's a topic I talk about a lot with my mom too. Um, like how, how simply how different, like uh, for lack of a better word, the vibe was yeah. um, as an immigrant back then. Um, and I, yeah, it, it would just be so much fucking harder. Like if I, if I had to do, like if I had to immigrate here, like yeah. just like, I simply don't think I would do it. I also, would. at the same time, like it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like you can have, okay, actually, I was gonna say you can have a great life in Mexico. No, it's still very hard. Yeah. To have like a great life in Mexico, but um, I think yeah, I don't know. It's it's caught up a lot in a lot of ways to to the standard of living in the U.S. Yeah. Depending on where you're from. But also, like, I think something worth, like, considering is that the fact that, like, countries like America are, a lot of the times, a reason why other countries struggle yes. to live comfortably. Yeah. Like, they are kind of the root of all evil, truly. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, like, I, 
I don't like hate living in America like so much, but I think that the reasons I don't hate living here are like have nothing to do with America. Like my family lives here. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I love that my family lives here, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know that if my family didn't live here that I would just stay here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it just, I, it's not like terrible, but like there's, I just hate, I really hate this idea that like America's the best. It just, it's not, it's not the best. It's really not. And you know what? I, I don't, I can't think of a country to be like, Oh, this country is the best. I think we, we talked about this this morning. I think all countries suck. Yeah. <laughs> all, everywhere sucks. Uh, but you know, to say that like America's the greatest country mm-hmm. in the world and like, you know, land of the free it's like no land of the free for like some yeah and like i think i think mexico's great because my that's something i've been wrestling a lot with now too since my uh like parents live there i'm like at times i'm like oh what am i what am i still doing here yeah like i feel like i'm having this like cultural identity crisis lately a lot again because i'm like trying to think of like americanisms that like uh things that i'm like oh yes i love this thing about america and I think, like you mentioned before, what I liked about it was that my parents were here, yeah. and like my parents had like established roots here. Yeah. Like establishing roots in a new country is a beautiful thing yeah. and a very hard thing to do. Yeah. But like now, I'm, now I'm like, oh wait, um, yeah, there's like comfortable things yeah. about living in America. You can buy anything you want at any time, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. Uh, no, I'm just no I'm, they're like there are great things i need to, I'm, I'm trying to like no no this talk. is an anti-american podcast i'm trying now. to talk less shit <laughs> we're, we're legal you can't do anything about it fuck you my american uh, entitlement really jumps out yeah um <laughs> have you uh do you do you have dual citizenship no because uh i don't know it's, right. it's not considered a real country and so oh god even Palestinian, the most ignorant no no, no that's not yeah. ignorant most um, people don't know okay. this so most yeah, palestinians don't even have like a passport. Yeah. They have like a piece of paper that basically just says, LOL. Yeah. It's me. But no, no, no. Like, how would you know that? That's the thing. Like how, it's, there's nothing about that that was offensive because if I weren't Palestinian, I wouldn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, I know Palestinians who don't know that. Well, it's like <laughs> kind of like the main like. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but you, I think also people because the way Palestinians are treated so terribly, no one assumes that it's as terrible. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're just yeah. like, oh, I know it's bad, but like, surely you guys have a passport. It's like, <laughs> no, there, there's, it's called, it's called a Hawiya, and it's literally just like a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and you know, you might just get it taken away from you, and then you don't have any identity yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, those are like driver's license. Like, it's literally just a little fucking mm-hmm. piece of paper. And yeah, it's, I, I, when I went, I've only been to Palestine once and because I was like five, um, my Hawiya, so they had to make me one Mm -hmm. because, so shout out to my mom when we went to Palestine, the one, the one and only time I've ever been, my mom wanted us to experience entering Palestine as Palestinians. Mm -hmm. She did not want us to use our American passports. So she created Hawiya's for, uh, it was, she took, it was just my mom and all of my, all of my siblings. So six kids and my Mm -hmm. mom. And because I was five, my Hawiya was like attached to like my mom's mm. so like I didn't have my own because I guess there's like an age thing so like yeah. I was just like on my mom's like as like a baby and but my siblings have theirs still actually which I'm super jealous about but we basically entered um through I think at the time Jordan if I'm not mistaken mm. and so you have to like go through the borders 
and the way you're treated as a American versus Palestinian, again, it really depends on the time, the political climate there. Yeah. Back then, it was still easier as an American to get in versus now entering Gaza as an American, I think, is more challenging. Yeah. But also just in general, entering Gaza or exiting is like fucking impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, we, we were on the border for about a day and a half where we were just like sitting in a fucking room on the floor waiting for them to let us in and like the people who were also there who were like Palestinian or Jordanian or Lebanese or whatever who were trying to get in kept telling my mom like you guys are fucking American like I hear your kids speaking in English like do you not have passports she's like no we do she's like they would be like why why aren't you just like showing it to them and my mom's Mm -hmm. like because like I want my kids to understand that like Mm -hmm. this is their reality and like you know it is a privilege to be able to hold a passport that allows you to travel super comfortably yeah. other than like maybe like Russia. But <laughs> you know, like it's, it's something that she wanted to us to understand. And I'm really mm-hmm. grateful, even though like, I really remember only bits and pieces, but like, I'm glad that she tried to make us experience what it would feel like to be a Palestinian, yeah. which is that we were treated like we were fucking nothing. Like, and then, you know, after a day and a half, again, my mom has, six kids with her i'm five my sister is like six and a half Mm -hmm. and like eventually she was like well fuck yeah so she showed the american passports Mm -hmm. and they let us in like within like an hour yeah and i think that saddened her deeply right but also i think it was really eye-opening especially for like my older siblings Mm -hmm. to really fucking understand yeah like these are the realities of other palestinians yeah and like this is what your life might have been or could have been. Um, And it's just, just little things like that. I am glad that my parents exposed me to. I actually, for a long time, didn't think my parents were super cultural. Okay. Okay. Because they didn't do, they didn't like smoke shisha (laughs) and they didn't like, you know, do like Depka and my parents don't Mm -hmm. really like listen to too much music and like, I don't know, like, that in my mind was very much so, like, Palestinian culture. But, like, the older I get, the more I realize, like, no, there's just, like, so many different ways to be Palestinian. And, like, my parents are incredibly Palestinian. I just, again, I wasn't exposed to enough Palestinians to know that there was also diversity within the culture. Yeah. And, like, even I had a very, like, closed-minded view of what being Palestinian meant. And then I realized, I was like, no, you can literally just be anything Mm -hmm. and that's palestinian and like you notice things about like the way like even how i love bargaining and i was telling him like i love to go to vintage stores and thrift stores and like fucking bargain with people and i'm like i feel like that's a palestinian thing it's like innately within me like i have no control over it it's like you offer me 600 i offer you 300 Uh and I can't stop myself from doing it because of the Palestinian blood in my veins. Yeah, and it must it must be even like harder like learning those things like not being able to go back cuz like a lot of the times where I would like learn so many things about Mexican cultures or just like notice like isms or even like yeah. nuances in the languages in the language like um for example my something that's like very Mexican is the way like uh but it's also like a I think like an immigrant thing the way um the parent parents like speak to their kids uh, Mexican mothers can say like really harsh things to their children, but in Spanish, it's like it's casual saying. Yeah. You translate directly to English. No, it's crazy. It sounds kind of fucked up. Yeah. yeah, but like it's not. It's like a very casual thing. No. And then like. Wait, give me an example. I need an example. Uh, like, 
if you if like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like because my mom will listen to this so I'm not gonna imitate like her like yeah hi mom but she'd be like I don't sound like that but like her like when she would say hijo de la chingada which is like you motherfucker like <laughs> um, like saying that to like a child kind like seems in, like a- in English it seems but yes. it's it's not it's actually just something that's like uh, so like. Mexican that's like ingrained in like culture it's really not not literal yeah and even with like more progressive times it's like it's people aren't like oh like we shouldn't be saying this like no it's just the way like also when you go to Mexico and you speak with people your age like there's a specific like like words they use that like have been used for like decades and they're like slang words and they can be a little aggressive but like you hear that and you're like that is a Mexican yeah and like I I go back and I'm in Mexico and I hear these things and I love it and I like you see a mom like yelling at her <laughs> her kid and it's like oh and it's like yeah and you're kind of like Cute. oh you're like oh yeah but it's like um it i sometimes i would feel like th- uh, those things were strange until right. i went to mexico and be like oh yeah okay examples I mean, of this literally and the, the things that my parents said to me to school me as a child are hilarious mm-hmm. like my dad's favorite was elena abuki which means goddamn your father <laughs> so he was just really damning himself yeah or naama yofusik which means may an ostrich kick you Oh my god, that's so funny! I feel like yeah, it's the, like things that like uh, the translations are so seem so like off. Like why wh- why are we why are we being kicked by ostriches or yeah. whatever the fucking plural is? And like also, I know for a fact there are none in Palestine. So where did this even come from? <laughs> like like literally, it just yeah. it, it just and again like they don't mean it literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like an expression. It's like a saying. It's like a part of the culture. And, yeah, like if I was walking around and I heard someone say, you know, God damn your father in Arabic, I'd be like, cute. Yeah. Sweet. Precious moment. You'll I remember know, right? that little girl. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, but uh, yeah, do you feel like there are like, because uh, I, American culture is so, is, is, uh, air quotes. No, it's so, it's just so like different from like, like I'm, I, when I was in Spain, well, obviously Spain, because they're called, the, they're yeah. the colonizers. It's very similar to, like, Mexican culture. But, like, really any country I've been to outside the U.S., there's a lot of similarities between, like, the culture there and the culture in Mexico. But, like, I, I have been having a very hard time, whether it's in the language, whether it's in the way that you communicate with your family. Like, I think the family thing has been the biggest part for me, where, like, I'm, like, examining people's like relationships with their parents or whatever they're like extended family and like trying to find some sort of similarity with like the way like mexicans are with their family and there's just like there's there's just not do you find like that i okay so i ever since i've been in new york i'll be honest i can count on like one hand the amount of white people i've interacted with okay amazing (laughs) um happy for you it's a very diverse group of people Mm -hmm. that i have luckily been able to surround myself with and it's it's really nice to not have to like explain like you know even if I'm out and my mom or dad FaceTime me like I'm fucking yeah, answering because, yeah I'm answering the phone yeah and it's like even if it's just to say like hi Baba like sorry yeah. I'm out like love you so much I'll call you later mm-hmm. I'm answering the phone as opposed to like I think a lot of times people would view that as like weird or like controlling or like yeah. lame like. Why are you on the phone? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, first of all, like, I know for a fact that if I don't answer, my parents are going to instantly be worried about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they will start assuming I am dead in a ditch. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to assume that. Yeah. I would like them to know that I am alive and well. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe a little unwell. <laughs> but 
it's also like a respect thing. Like, let me, let me give you an example of like a weird respect thing that I feel like I've had white friends be really confused by this. Mm -hmm. If my dad is like sitting across from me and like, I like have like my foot like over my knee, Mm -hmm. if it's even slightly facing like the bottom of my foot, if it's slightly facing my dad's face, like that to me is disrespectful. Mm. Like, I feel like I've tried to, because I had a friend come over once and she was like sitting in a way where her feet were kind of facing my dad. And I was like, hey, can you like, you know, yeah. change the way you're sitting, like not have your feet like facing my dad. And she was like, Ugh. I bet, yeah. But it's like a respect thing. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> like, you don't show them the bottom of your foot because like, that's like a sign of disrespect. It's like, yeah. And it's like, no matter like what it is, whether it's that or something like totally different, I think, like, the overarching, like, principle is that, like, it's it's respect. Yeah. And, like, it shouldn't even be, like, questioned. Like, right. I find that, like, there are a lot of people, things people think are weird, too, that, like, I just show my parents, like, respect. Like, yeah. even if, like, like I, I have a lot of, um, throughout the years, what, friends, people I've dated, they yeah. just, like, have no respect for their parents. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's because of, like, they're this way or they're that way. And I'm like, that it, it doesn't matter. Like, my parents did a lot of things to me, like, growing yeah. up. Like, we had a lot of issues. Yeah. We still have issues. But it's just, like, that's separate from, like, simply respecting, right. like, your parent. But the, I think something worth mentioning, though, is, like, obviously, like, this is, like, best case scenario. Like, if your parents are, like, you know harming you like actually like physically there are like that's different (laughs) or like you know your parents are like you know fuck you i hate you you piece of shit every time they see you no that maybe maybe that person doesn't need but even that like i again like let's say hypothetically my dad was just like you know i don't know just was really fucking mean to me Mm. i would probably still have like a significant amount of respect for him yeah just because like at the end of the day like I mean, he's, I'm, I'm really happy that he's not that way, Mm -hmm. but like, I would have to have some empathy because, and we spoke about this earlier, like if you have empathy, I think it's important to reserve it for those who are deserving of it. So like, let's say my dad was like super fucking not, maybe not verbally abusive, but like just not as kind as he should be. Mm -hmm. I would immediately be like, well, he lived in a war torn fucking country. His dad probably never even hugged him or said, I love you to him. Like he definitely got beat in the shit out of by his dad growing up. And he'll speak about it fondly. My dad's never fucking hit me once in his life, but he loves to tell stories about how, how, how his dad beat his ass. Those are his favorite fucking stories to tell. (laughs) He says them with a, he is not traumatized by them at all. And it's not like he's like hiding it. I've investigated it thoroughly. And I have a lot of experience speaking to, you know, survivors of abuse. That man has no trauma. He is chilling. But like, if he were to be that way towards me, I would make a million excuses for Mm -hmm. him and be like, maybe this is the environment he was raised in. And he thinks this is normal. And like, you know, I'll try to communicate that to him respectfully that like, you know, I don't think this is productive or this really negatively impacts me and all of these things. Like I would try to make him understand why it is upsetting to me, but I would not use it as an excuse to be disrespectful to him. Yeah, exactly. My, like my, yeah, my mom, um, has had a complicated relationship with her mother. Yeah. And like, also I think like the older you get as you like get to know your parents as like adults, you're like, oh, yeah, like, all right, it makes sense why they're, yeah. like, this certain kind of way. And, like, maybe when I was younger, I might have, like, oh, yeah. resented those things. Oh, yeah. But, like, now as an adult, yeah, it just, like, 
inherently, like you said, no matter what, unless it's like a uh, physical, like yeah. extreme abuse. Yeah. I just like, yeah, I have respect. I simply have respect for my parents. Yeah. That yeah. like is something that I feel is lacking a lot of the time with like a lot of my American friends. Yeah. Even if like, yeah, I don't know. There's like this, something I fucking love about Mexican culture is that there's this like closeness and everybody's family, like no matter what I like also, there's a lot of cousins. Like I met when I was like younger. Yeah. Like one time. Yep. And I haven't seen them in years. Exactly. Like I was just, uh, I have a cousin that lives in Strasbourg, like a, a little, a small town, like on the edge of like France and Germany. Yeah. And the last time I saw her, I was like six years old. Like I, I don't remember meeting her. Um, she came to like work at my dad's restaurant, uh, one summer to like save yeah. up some money and go back to Mexico. And it was like, um, it was like, we were like, we'd known each other our whole lives, yeah. you know, like right off the bat, yeah. nothing is weird about it. Yeah. Nothing is awkward. Yeah. You're like family yeah. right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. It's like that with all my cousins yep. that I haven't seen like throughout much of my life. And like, if I'm ever going to like a some sort of if I end up at a family event for like a friend or like past relationships, there's just like this awkwardness between people's like family and they're like, Oh, it's because like Very I don't formal. see Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't see them often and I'm like, I've literally like met some of my cousins like once. Or never. Or never. Or yeah. literally I, I met my cousin one of my cousins for the first time ever two years ago mm-hmm. in Turkey. I've never met her before instantly mm-hmm. we're fucking chatting we're we're going to places we're doing shit together like there's that's my cousin yeah yeah like it, it's it's there's no need to be formal there's no need to it's this instant like you're my family mm-hmm. period that's it yeah do you think um uh do you think that's something that can be learned like i do no absolutely i because i have a friend who's like white American shout out to Leanne if you're listening love you Leanne Palmer you're an honorary Palestinian um I feel like she does have that relationship with her parents and I don't know that maybe if it was something she learned later in life but like she does have that relationship and I feel like it's very non-white American yeah where she you know really prioritizes and respects her parents and and speaks about them in the way that I've only ever really heard my immigrant friends speak mm-hmm. about their parents and like it's really nice and like yeah. I also feel like it could help that she was exposed to like like she would come over to my parents house for like family dinners and stuff yeah. like that and like I don't know but like I do think it can be learned I yeah. don't think it's necessarily like you know, if you are this way, like you have to be this way. But I also think there's something to be said about like Western culture. And like, if you want to be considered an independent adult, that means you need to completely like be on your own and like Mm -hmm. only see your parents on Christmas. And like, if you don't, then you're a fucking bitch. Like, it's like, it's almost like it's like uncool. (laughs) It's uncool. And I'm like, dude, even if my only friends were my sisters, that's yeah. the fucking coolest thing in the world. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, um, I, I feel weird about that sometimes. Like I'm trying to talk less about my mom. No, sometimes I, love I it. feel like people are like, Oh, this motherfucker is always talking about, but I'm like, all right. Like I, I talk to her every day. Yeah. Cause like, why not? I mean, and you're uh, her only son. Yeah. And like, I have a close relationship with her. I'm like, uh, like she's my best friend. Like, I, that fucking, especially knowing that she's a single mom yeah i think that probably is the most rewarding thing to her feeling like you're her yeah i also like i you know since she is a single mom like i at times 
if she listens this far, she's gonna hate that I say this, but I feel a little bit more responsibility. Like I think that's normal. Um, and I like have a much, much, much closer relationship to her than my sister does. Yeah, just my sister and I. So even more so, like I'm gonna talk to my mom every day. I'm sorry if that's a weird thing. It's not. Or, I talk like, to my parents every day. Yeah, like I even think, when I lived fucking ten minutes away from them. Yeah, I spoke to them on the phone at least once every day. Yeah, it's like it's 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 weird to me that you only speak to them like once a month. Like what? What are they some fucking stranger? Yeah, like, like I'm like I literally talk to the guy at the bodega more often than yeah. that. Like I just also feel like the way I see it, which maybe this is where the shift is is that i know how much my parents work their asses off to do fucking everything for me i never lacked anything sincerely Mm. i can't think back to a single time that i lacked something yeah they were so adaptable and like even being from palestine moving here not knowing anyone only living in arab countries they were my mom knew that i felt left out at school when everyone was celebrating christmas so she would buy me christmas presents like we wouldn't do like a tree or anything like that but like she would buy me a gift and she wouldn't call it a christmas gift but it was a gift and it was on christmas and like she i know that that's not something she wants to do i know my mom she doesn't (laughs) she's like i'm not christian why am i celebrating christmas yeah but she didn't want me to feel like left out Mm -hmm. she didn't but what she would do also was like Muslims have two holidays a year. It's called Eid. So we have Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. She would make such a fucking big deal about it. <laughs> so, because she wanted me to not feel like I'm lacking anything. And yeah. she like would even tell me, she's like, you know, they get Christmas once a year. You get Eid twice, twice a year. Yeah. Like, that's pretty sick. And yeah. each Eid lasts multiple days. Yeah. So it's like, that's... I mean, Christmas is one day. And yeah, they have the lights and the songs mm. and the everything, but... We got some songs too, and we got some cool food, and like we have. So, I just knowing how much they've done for me, I think more so as an adult, and and I think it was probably in my late twenties, like I said, that Mm -hmm. I really started to like appreciate that. But like, all I want to do, like my dream, is to be able to take care of them. That's my dream. My dream is to like. For them to never do anything ever again, yeah. even though that would make them miserable, they love, they don't know how to relax. But like, I just don't want them to ever have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to feel as though like, we can rely on Noor. Mm-hmm. Like, Noor is going to be there for us. Like, we're not going to go to a nursing home when we get sick. Yes. Like, we're not going to, you know, when we retire, we're not going to be bored because our kids are still going to be so a part of our lives and like you know, we'll just get to spend more time with yeah. them. Like, you know, my dad's been retired since I was five years old. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, like he, he's, my parents are older and also he had like open heart surgery and he oh, was wow. a medical doctor and he just could not work in that environment. Yeah. So, um, he's been retired like basically my whole life. And I just, I know that the reason I have such a close relationship with him is because he was retired. So we got to spend so much more time yeah. together, but like all of the things that he's done for me, like, I don't know that there will ever be enough time for me to like repay him. Not yeah. that I think that he expects it, mm-hmm. but like that's the thing they don't even expect. No, they don't like, expect anything. I have the same like I yeah like I really I would never put my parents like in a nursing home. No, and never. Um, uh, also, because it's like you you like right now my mom's living. She moved back to Mexico and she has like an apartment. Yeah, but she hasn't been there the entire time because she's been living at my grandma's house. Okay, my grandma's sick and yeah. she's older. Yeah, so she's taking care of her, yep. which is like just what you do and it's oh, also yeah. like you're 
it not that I'm like, oh, it should be a blessing, but like you are getting to spend more time like with your parents. A thousand percent. Um, it's I like mean, a, it shouldn't be like a. Yeah, it's really. T- I'm not. Gonna, it's really tough, especially like when when they when you know they get really old and, and they have a lot of issues and they can't do a lot of things on their own. Yeah. It's still like, I don't know. It's yeah. It's your it's your parent. Like and that's the thing. Like my parents are also like would never ask anyone for anything. Yeah. Like no matter what. Like the, my dad will ask me for tea. That that part <laughs> tea, Turkish coffee. He uh, he feels really comfortable asking for those things. Yeah. But like my parents don't ask me to do things for them and like. They moved in, so they, like, bought a house with my older brother, and so they live in two, like, their houses are connected. Oh, wow. Because my parents are in their 70s, and yeah, yeah they're still fully capable of doing things, but yeah. it's like, they need someone. Yeah. Not that they need, but, like, it's nice to have someone to take out the trash for you, mm-hmm. and to, you know, like, even as far as, like, cleaning the house, like... Anytime me or any of my siblings go over, we're cleaning their house. Yeah. Not that it's like filthy or needs to be cleaned. It's just like I don't want you to have to do this. Yeah. So we are we're gonna do this for you. And like just like shit like that, it's like I don't even have to think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like I've gone to like my friends' houses who are white and like they're like guests. Yeah. They're guests in their parents' house, and I'm like, Ugh. they're like, mom, do you? Is it okay if I'm like? 27th of november if i spend the night here it's like what the fuck i've never gone to my parents house without them bullying me to sleep over yeah they're just like just there's a guest room just sleep in the guest room why are you gonna go home it's so late it's 7 30 i'm like yeah so my uh my like uh my sister definitely like uh i think she's starting to come around a little later than i like she definitely like assimilated more and like hated a lot of things about mexican culture but one thing that she still does that, like, uh, or I guess when my mom moved in Kansas that she would still do, she'd be, like, yeah, doing that. Like, is it okay if I come on these dates? Or, like, I'm going to – I'm only coming for, like, two days. Like, and my mom's, like, it's, like, you don't even have to ask. You're literally my like, child. It's your house. Like, yeah. And that was something that, like, my mom was, like, that's so American of you. Like, yeah. and it was really, like, bothersome. But, yeah, like, I that's the – that's the way it should be. Not yeah. not feeling like a guest. Oh yeah, and like I like how you said that. Like growing up, like your mom almost like didn't want you to like adapt, not adapt, but like pick up too many like American mannerisms. Yeah. My dad would do the same thing when I would say whatever or I don't care. Oh, Holy shit! Yeah. My dad would be like, I don't like when you say this thing. Yeah. I don't like this indifference. This whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Like no, yeah. and like also like the whole like well that's none of my business or that's not my problem like my dad is which it, it, it ties back to like islam or like religion but like if you see something wrong or something that could hurt someone the first mm-hmm. thing you should do is change it with your mouth and if you can't change it with your mouth and you change it with your hand and if you can't change it you like if if you're driving and you see a tree branch on the side of the road you pull over and you move that tree branch out of the road mm-hmm. like he's very much doesn't he's not an individualistic type like he's always just thinking about everyone yeah all the time regardless of who they are and like it is something that as a child i think i thought was like stupid and annoying because it was like well who cares yeah that's not my problem like i don't care but like i'm really glad that he ingrained that in my mind because like that's that's how we make the world a better place like is is caring for others as much as we care for ourselves Mm -hmm. like that's that's how people don't I don't know get fucking killed for being black like yeah you know yeah. like it's like yeah you, you 
um, they instilled this like natural propensity to like, yeah, care for others and treat everyone with respect. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't matter. And like, even I catch myself, like when someone's being rude to me, like I'll kind of, you know, have like a little bit of a fucking attitude. And like, my dad really is just like, why? Like mm. you don't need to change what you know is right. Like, you know, being respectful is the right thing to do. Mm. Why are you going to like let this person alter who you are? Yeah. Like that's not who you are. So like, don't let their negativity make you, but I'm also like, mm, sometimes <laughs> some, respectfully disagree that sometimes people do need to be fucking called out, but I, I understand the sentiment and I do think ultimately he is right. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess it's again, the, the white entitled man within me just really jumps <laughs> out sometimes. And it's like, you know, which it's like some living here. Sometimes you really need that. No. Yeah. I mean, when I go through TSA, I, I definitely, you know, I know all of my rights mm -hmm. and I approach it as such. And they always, again, I, I, I don't know if I've said this during the recording, but I feel like I say this at least once a day. People specifically white men assume that hijabi women are stupid. This is something that I've mm -hmm. just noticed and I can't not notice it when people are like, you speak English so well, or like, oh wow, that's really impressive. Or like about like very normal mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. It's not that impressive, dude. <laughs> you just are surprised that I'm like, you know, allowed to leave my house. So yeah, yeah. like, yeah, they think I'm like fucking super oppressed and I'm like, cool. I'm really not, but good job. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I think in times like those, it is important to know what your rights are and then also approach mm -hmm. it feeling entitled because if yeah. not, they, I feel like they sense that shit. Yeah, they do. They so. sense that shit and like they will take advantage of it. And it's like, no, fuck you. I'm not going to allow you to treat me any different than any other American because you should not. Mm -hmm. And even if I wasn't an American citizen, you should not be treating me differently. Yeah. Like, why are we why are we deciding who deserves better treatment than others? That doesn't feel like Period. the fucking American dream. Yeah. That feels like <laughs> just fucking segregation. Yeah. And it's like, but that is a reality. And, and I think you probably have seen it. I see it. I'll be at a grocery store. The person in front of me might be, you know, Mexican. They have a little bit of an accent when they speak. I hear the way that people at the store are speaking to them like they're fucking stupid. Yeah. And it's like. They probably speak more languages than you do and are probably, too, yeah. Yeah, and like are also probably like way smarter than you and like they know what the fuck you're saying right now. Like yeah. you don't need to talk to them like you're stupid. Yeah. Like it's just not their first language. I know, yeah. I like uh growing up like I, I saw that happen to my mom a lot yeah. where they just like my mom was very smart. Yeah. And they would just like write her off because like her English wasn't the best, but it, like you said, she knows she, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And she speaks two languages. Yeah. So, like I want to see you, like, fucking move yeah. to Mexico. And, yeah, like, let's see what out. happens. Yeah. Let, let, let's do a little social experiment. <laughs> let's let's see what happens. Like, yeah, yeah, it just... And that's why, like, I love having these types of conversations because I, I hope that, like, when people listen to this, mm -hmm. it does make them really fucking think about the discrimination we all internalize. Mm -hmm. We really... It, it's, it is this constant, like battle or like constant growth that we have to as humans keep pushing for because you know i have my biases i have all of these things that you just you are a product of your environment you're a sponge you pick up on yeah. things and like 
you can't just label people and box people into these little things and then treat them based off of that. Like I would hate if someone felt like, Oh, Nora's is much nicer to this person than she was to this person. Like I want to be an equal level of semi nice and asshole to everyone. <laughs> so like, I, I never want anyone to have that experience for me. And like, that's kind of always what I strive for is like, I want to treat everyone the same always. Yeah. And like, I don't want there to be any external factors that dictate that whatsoever because that's fucked up. Mm. That's just fucked up. We should all be treating everyone exactly the fucking same. Like whether you, you know, are walking around in like fucking Prada shoes and like a really nice bag or like, you know, you're wearing like fucking suvies. I don't care. Like (laughs) you, everyone should be kind of, treated the same and I mean yeah I just that's why like after I came on Dewey Dudes I was like I need to have him on my podcast because like you said some things and I was like no he gets it yeah I mean it's yeah it's crazy how like the immigrant experience like no matter like where you're coming from is like all it's all like very similar there are there's a lot of like yep yep and I and that honestly like that's why I fucking love your podcast because I'm like oh shit like this person is so different from me, but, like, there are so many similarities. Yeah. And, like, yeah. if I would have had something like that, like, growing up, I, like, yeah, I would have, like, maybe things would have, it would have taken me, like, less time to, yep. like, feel more comfortable in, like, my own shoes. Yeah. And, like, that's genuinely, like, you have a podcast, you know. Mm. It's fucking hard, guys. Yeah. But then I get messages from people being, like, I feel more confident leaving the house in a hijab every day, or I feel more comfortable speaking my language when I'm outside of my home on the phone with my parents mm-hmm. or like just little things like that. And I'm like, fuck, Makes I want to cry right now yeah. because that's, I never thought that I would ever make that type of difference in anyone's life. But also like, I'm also a little sad for baby Noor Cause I'm like, I mm. wish baby Noor, I know. I wish baby Noor felt more proud to be able to speak Arabic. Yeah. I wish baby Noor felt more comfortable. Like, you know, when, I would say I'm from Palestine and some fucking dick named Tom would be like, show me that on a map. Like I wish I, (laughs) I wish I like felt confident or comfortable enough in my culture to, to say, Hey, that's really inappropriate. Yeah. Like that's not funny or okay. Like, but it just, that was a society at the time. And there wasn't anyone for me to look at and feel represented by. And I think, being represented in me in mainstream media is really fucking crucial and like it really does make a difference it really does and like there's no way around it and like you could be the most fucking confident person in the world but if you're not feeling represented that's going to make you feel some type of way yeah exactly especially like as a child like it'll take you like years to like unlearn unlearn those things I, I like I feel like it's I'm still working through like all this guilt that I feel like um of like how I communicate with my parents when I was like younger because yeah. I was like just trying yeah not didn't want them to speak Spanish when yeah. they picked me up from school yeah. like hiding like all these things yeah. but yeah I don't know I I I feel I feel sad for my younger self yeah. too a lot of the times but uh yeah all you can do is shit like this and it's so and it's fun and it's great and I'm like literally I'm like I always get so happy when I meet someone honestly when they're not Palestinian I mean I get excited when they're Palestinian but like mm-hmm. just someone else who's ex- had the immigrant experience who's like dude yeah. I fucking get it and I'm like amazing let's all band together yeah let's let's all get <laughs> together and 
and just be able to not feel fucking insane and be gaslit by people for wanting to talk to our moms. We just want to yeah. talk to our moms. Like, that's not weird. It's weird if you don't want to talk to your mom, unless your mom's a piece of shit. But, like, yeah. it's not weird to want to talk to your, the mother who gave fucking birth to you, dude. <laughs> like, it's actually super normal. And yeah. you're weird. Yeah. And I will shame you for it. I, I'm going to do reverse fucking shaming. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call your mom, guys. Call your mom. Okay, well, I feel like we didn't talk about skincare, but I'm like, I'm I'm feeling that there's going to be another part of listen, this at some point in time. And if not, listen to Dewey Dudes. Plug Dewey Dudes. Okay, yeah. About skincare. I was just going to ask you, plug all of your things. Where can people find you? Where can they find Dewey Dudes? Where can they listen to your music? The memes. We want it all. Instagram.com forward slash Dewey Dudes is the Instagram page. Um, you'll find the link tree there with our podcast. Uh, I never do this, so I should probably do this. Rate and subscribe our podcast yeah. so people can find us, yes. share with your friends. Um, that's it. Don't find me on Instagram. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to get off Instagram. Well, follow Dewey Dudes on Instagram mm. because they have fucking hilarious memes. Like, genuinely, truly, if you love skincare or if you just love laughter, you should definitely follow <laughs> Dewey Dudes. Listen to their show because it's really good and they have cool conversations about skincare and also just other interesting shit. I was on it, so you can listen to that episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure you rate and subscribe to Dewey Dudes, Arab American Psycho. If you're not subscribed to Patreon, I guess yes. if it's not within your budget, that's fine. But if it is, subscribe patreon.com slash Arab American Psycho. I just uploaded a really juicy episode talking shit about my ex. So mm. if you're into that, it's fun. And if you're ex, don't listen. You're my ex, don't listen <laughs> to it. You might want to unalive yourself. Um, and yeah, as always, uh, don't forget to floss your teeth, wash your face, wear your sunscreen, don't be an asshole, and I will talk to you next Sunday. Goodbye.